0: Episode 28 of the Talking Shop Podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, and today I am coming to you live from LaGuardia Airport in Queens, New York. Yes, this is a road podcast and one that I was going to record when I got home tonight, but I am stuck in an airport in New York, just outside New York City, or actually I guess inside New York City, but outside of where I was staying in New York City, and uh, with that you get me, me by myself and some airport ramblings. On this fine Sunday evening, Uh, the Atlanta Braves uh, snapped a a losing streak on Sunday night, Sunday afternoon I should say. Uh, They had lost seven straight games uh, entering Sunday, but Jace Peterson ended that madness with a uh, walk-off home run. In the bottom of the 10th inning, uh, to to prevail over the Nationals, that was much needed uh, and certainly um, a positive way in which to start off this podcast, considering the fact that I am a a glass case of motion, so to speak, in terms of... uh, being trapped in an airport, but it was nice to see the Braves got a, a victory on Sunday, and that's something to build off of uh, as the team starts a new week of action. Uh, as for uh, the biggest topic of the week, we mentioned this a little bit on uh, the podcast we did earlier in the week, and that is uh, Dansby Swanson is a member of the Atlanta Braves uh, for the first time. Uh, if you had, First of all, if you missed that podcast earlier in the week, be a good idea to go back and listen to it, considering uh, we spent a lot of time on Andrew Jones and John Sherholtz as they were inducted into the Braves Hall of Fame on Friday. And uh, you know, Carlos, Carlos, and I had a good time. It was uh, fun to have by all. They should go back and listen to that for sure. Uh, and with that, really, this podcast is going to be a little bit shorter than normal. We came to you on a a Thursday, uh, sort of a midweek checkup, but a little bit longer, so this is going to be a mailbag episode, and I don't think you want me to go a full hour by myself, so go back and listen to that one, but uh, as for uh, Dansby Swanson, he is uh, a member of the Atlanta Braves, uh, has been in the lineup for the majority of the week and uh, Swanson did have a day off on Saturday, which caused some consternation uh, in Braves country, but he was in the leadoff spot on Sunday. Uh, Not a great day at the office for Dansby in terms of at the plate, but he's now four for 17 uh, in his short Major League Baseball career with a double on his record. Uh, Again, you know, the Saturday day off, much was made about that in terms of uh, the fan base, but Swanson's played more games now at any point during his uh, baseball career and not by a small margin. So it was not a shock to me that the Braves wouldn't like to take it easy with him a little bit on the road, kind of ease him in a little bit more than that, especially given the uh, circumstances by which he uh, was uh, asked to come up to Atlanta and start uh, earlier in the week and so, uh, sort of in a hurry, uh, drive through the night, didn't get any sleep, et cetera, et cetera. The team has every, every reason to take it slow with Swanson uh, in the coming days. So, uh, you know, it probably won't be the last time we see Danby Swanson with an off day uh, here and there the rest of the way. I do expect him to be in the lineup uh, when he's available. As you saw on Sunday, he was uh, hitting leadoff at shortstop, which is where he will live um, for the foreseeable future. You know, leadoff, maybe not, but certainly in the lineup. Um, Freddie Friedman was also given the day off on Sunday and a rare time for him. So that kind of jiggered the lineup a little bit. But Dan's going to be hitting uh, early and often it'll be a lot of fun to watch him, even with, you know, something of a slow start, considering he's 4-for-17. Uh, also in the news department, um, got a lot of feedback here. It's something that I've noticed myself, but a lot of people ask, ask mailbag questions. And also, John Capolella waited on this on a, a radio radio interview earlier in the week. Um copy was basically asked about Matt Kemp and his weight. Um, essentially, that's, you know, it's as simple as that in terms of Kemp potentially being overweight. Uh, something that I've been asked about by my friends, They're not necessarily Braves diehards, have um, pointed this out to me, and it's something you can pretty, pretty easily see um, from the stands or on TV. Is that Matt Kemp is a little bit overweight right now? Uh, Copy did a uh, again an interview with MLB Network Radio that mentioned uh, plainly that Kemp needed to get into shape to be able to play defense at the top level that he's capable of playing in left field. Um, John Hart earlier in the week uh, did a spot in terms of Braves radio. I mean, the Braves TV booth. And without being as direct as Copy was, he mentioned that, you know, Kemp could probably use a full offseason to get himself back into the shape that he's capable of being in. that's two guys talking basically not necessarily directly at it. Well, Copy, copy was pretty direct, but Hart kind of went around it and saying that Kemp needs to get in better shape. And that's not necessarily a, a hidden thing here from what we've seen. Um... But you know, he, he did a home run on Sunday, which is encouraging. But in terms of his defense, uh, Kemp is never going to be a great defender. We've mentioned that on this podcast a few times. In terms of even, even the corner spot, not going to be great, even in left field where you can hide it in a little bit. But if he's able to get to balls that um, he's not getting to right now, that would be helpful. I do think there's a, there's still a problem with uh, the routes that he takes, which a lot of that could not be mitigated by uh, being in shape. That's just some instinctual things and some fundamental stuff that he has to get better at, but at his age probably won't happen. Um, so getting in better shape could be just helpful with, you know, closing on balls, uh, running the bases, that kind of stuff, just kind of staying in better playing shape. And a uh, full offseason uh, can certainly do that. I think it's. Uh, it's, it may sound interesting to some people to talk about him getting, needing an offseason to get into shape, but uh, Kemp uh, and a lot of you know a lot of players would have the same problem. Whereas uh, when you're in season, you're in the lineup every day, you can't really do a lot of cardio in addition to that. There's some there's some level of training that's done in between games, but in terms of weight loss, you're going to have to do a little extra cardio and all those things. And with with the responsibility of playing games, that's not probably going to be the most likely uh, time for him to lose weight. So look for Kemp to uh, get through the offseason. And hopefully the Braves will be keeping him, uh, cl- keeping close tabs on him as he uh, reaches that because it's going to be interesting to see what kind of shape he's in when 2017 begins, especially given the fact that he's owed quite a bit of money. And uh, he will presumably be in the lineup on opening day uh, in one of the corner outfield spots, considering what he is owed, almost regardless of what happens the rest of the season. Uh, Kemp would be a guy who you pencil in in the corner, uh, hopefully in left field, but uh, potentially in right as well if something goes differently with Markakis. Akis. With that, I want to get to a couple of mailbag questions. Um, you guys were gracious in sending these to me to sort of get through this uh, solo pod episode, and I appreciate that. Uh, the first one comes uh, from Jack Davis on Twitter. He asks uh, sort of an outside-the-box idea, and he says that, uh, is there any chance that the Braves go after Evan Longoria this offseason? Uh, much of the uh, discussion on this podcast and really a lot of places for the Braves, the free agency has been around the catcher position with uh, Matt Wieters and Wilson Ramos being available, um, but you know Longoria is not a, not a free agent, so that's why he doesn't come up in those conversations. Uh, he signed a, a you know a long-term, massive extension with the Rays, um, kind of before he had this uh, bounce-back season this year entering Sunday Longoria had a, a 137 WRC plus which is very very good at third base it had 28 home runs entering the day um, that's much much better than he had been lot in the previous seasons which uh, that contract was looking to be a little bit problematic but if you can simply you know get anywhere near this level of production it looks like sort of a value at this level um, he is owed quite a bit of money through 2022 uh, 13 million next season 13 and a half of the season after that. $14.5 million for 2019, $15 million for 2020, $18.5 million for 2021, and $19.5 million for 2022. That is a lot of money for M. Longoria and a lot of years for a guy who's already 30. Uh, just for a little bit of translation, he'd be 36 at the end of that contract and almost certainly would be past his ability to uh, produce at that level. So, he take on to probably be a bad contract willingly and have to pay real money for him. I mean, real prospects for him. Uh, given that Longoria's to face of the franchise in Tampa Bay, he's going to need to be... Uh, compensated uh the organization will have to be compensated fairly in their minds to get him so i can't imagine the asking price would not be high for a longoria it almost certainly will be after after this monster season that he's enduring so uh longoria would be nice to see at third base in the short term for sure but i don't think that's necessarily the most likely thing in the world to happen right now uh secondly i wanted to get to a question from st morris on twitter He says, "In light of the Dansby Swanson call-up, do you think Ozzie Albies will be called up this season? Uh, You know, I've always thought that both guys would be up before the end of the season, but Swanson makes more sense uh, because of the age and the fact that he." You know, is a uh, is a higher profile prospect. Doesn't really bear in, into everything in terms of the Braves are concerned, but he is older. That does matter. I know Albies has played at a higher level for longer than Swanson has. But um, when you when you get a guy who's number one in the draft, who's 22, versus a 19 year old um, who you know Albies has has a real pedigree as well. But uh, the tools aren't as readily transferable as Swansons are in a lot of ways, like, outside of the speed. The speed is kind of the one area for Albies where it's clear that he is an a MLB player, whereas Swanson's glove certainly plays, and he, I think he's going able to hit right away. So um, with that in mind, I think Albies does get called up this year. Um... You know, I sort of predicted that they would come up at the same time earlier in the year. That proven uh, to be false, obviously. But uh, Albies, uh, I think, could certainly come up after September 1st when the rosters expand. Uh, John Hart was kind of coy in his TV interview that I talked about a little bit earlier on the podcast about whether Albies will be coming up or not. He is still 19, uh, so the Braves don't have that much incentive to push him. But if the plan for 2017 is to start Albies at second base on opening day, I would like to see him come up. Um, at some point during September, is to sort of get some seasoning, and I think I always assumed that Swanson would be the starting shortstop on the 2017 opening day. So bringing him up now did not phase it in any way because, you know, if that's the plan all along, you want to get that guy some level of season at the big league level. I understood some people that were uh, reticent to assume that, but being that I did, and I think the Braves are now assuming that clearly considering they've made the move and he's been starting um, since he's been called up that Swanson's going to be that guy. If they want Albies to be that guy next to him, it's time to bring him up pretty soon here, so we can get a little bit of seasoning under his belt, even if he's not quite ready. If the plan that in their mind is to start him in 2017, um, it would be time to bring him up sooner rather than later. Uh, the next question comes from ATL Fan 1188 on Twitter, and he asks, uh, you know, similar question to the last one. Do you think Rio Ruiz gets a, gets a September call-up this year, and what are his chances of being a regular third baseman next year? Uh, We talked a lot about Ruiz on this podcast, so be sure to go back and listen to a couple of those episodes where we sort of dove in a little bit deeper. I think it's... um you know, fairly likely that he gets a September call-up, uh, considering the position that he's playing. Third base has been a wasteland for a long time. Uh, really, it's just Adonis Garcia. And, you know, occasionally you guys got guys like Gordon Beckham have manned third base a little bit. You know, there's been some some shuffling there, but it's really Adonis' job right now, and he's not exactly a guy who scares anyone um, as a, who's a prospect guru that he's going to be in the way of a guy like Rio. So I think um, getting him up in September with you know no roster penalty would be interesting in terms of 2017. I don't think it's necessarily the most likely thing in the world that he'll be starting third baseman out of camp, but he will have the opportunity to win that job, I think, if he lights it up in spring training or if he is, uh, has a strong finish this year and kind of leads it up and impresses the Braves uh, you know, brass uh, in the offseason. Uh, he could have the inside track towards a starting job there. There is, of course, the possibility that the team signs or and or trades for a third baseman to play in front of Ruiz or to push him. Um, obviously, if it's a big trade, it's going to be a guy who's going to be Playing ahead of Ruiz, but if it's a more of a, a secondary piece, it could be somebody that brought him to either platoon or you know push Ruiz a little bit in camp. Um, Garcia could kind of be that guy, in my opinion, if you have him around, potentially platoon, but even more likely to just kind of be a bench mark, holding you know holding place for a player like Ruiz. Ruiz's upside's not terribly high, but he uh, is young, has some talent and would be an upgrade on what you've seen, I think, in the last couple of years at third base, even if, if there are some growing pains in 2017. Uh, you know, Ruiz isn't a star, again, by any means, but he could be interesting to watch, and given that this uh, this entire season's kind of been predicated on watching the young guys, it's uh, going to be interesting to see what happens with him the rest of this year, and especially into next season as a potential starter, even if not a uh, likely one, in my opinion. Uh, the next question comes from Ryan Lottinger. On Twitter, he asks, is it more likely that we see a third base platoon or a catcher platoon in 2017? Uh, I think it's more likely that you see a catching platoon because you have Tyler Flowers already under contract, uh, who's had a nice year, Um, a veteran guy who pitchers uh, pitchers like. He's got good defensive metrics, good pitch framer. Uh, I think Flowers is going to play into the catching position next year unless the Braves go out and sign a guy like Wilson Ramos and pay him $100 million. Which I don't think is necessarily likely. So you have Flowers for cheap. Uh, he may not be a. Uh, it may not be a true platoon. That he's going to get half the at bats. If you went out and got a Brian McCann, for instance, in a trade or somebody like that. But Flowers does exist, and is a, is a cost control commodity. Who is uh, I wrote about a little bit earlier in the season has been a really nice piece of this team this year on an underrated contract. Um, so I think it's more likely we see catching platoon, but you know, third base is certainly up in the air right now. Um, the Braves could go out and you know sign a veteran bat who's not exactly inspiring like Martin Prado, somebody in that vein. We talked about Prado already on this podcast, but if you went Prado and Ruiz or something, something resembling that, not necessarily, not necessarily a straight platoon, but a couple of guys manning that on a rotation, Prado can play other spots effectively, which is why he would be a, a name you can look at there. But... Uh, platoon platoons are weird, especially at the infield spots where you're talking about guys who are going to be playing um, almost as straight platoon partners. In the outfield, be a little bit more interesting with guys like. Um, and C R Taylor, Malik's considering they can also play other positions well in the outfield and the defense is so good, but at third, um, straight platoon will be more difficult to operate considering the uh, roster constraints that um, come along with being, uh, you know, in this present day of baseball where you're talking about, you know, huge pitching staffs and things like that. So something to keep an eye on for sure, but I, I would go with catcher as more likely, but uh, neither is particularly likely in terms of a straight platoon in my mind. Uh, Last question uh, comes from Joey Mealy, um, who uh, reached out to us on Twitter. Uh, He basically asks, um, uh, who is the top target um, in the 2017 MLB draft right now? Uh, This is something that I have uh, been researching a little bit, but there there really is not a top-tier target for a little while there. It looked as if it was going to be J.J. Schwartz, the catcher from Florida. Is going to be the, uh, the obvious number one, you know, 1-1 type of prospect since the Braves are, uh, have the inside track to have that top overall pick. But Shorts tonight is up to have a uh, lights-out season for Florida this year, and he's, his stock has fallen a little bit. There are a bunch of names at this point. Um, you know, Keith Law has answered a couple questions. I think even from our own Scott Coleman about whether he's uh, this is going to be a good year to have the first pick, and Keith Law said yes, but he declined to uh, tell us who that uh, who that number one guy is going to be. There are a few names, but uh, Schwartz has been the guy who's been long linked to being the number one overall pick. But uh, with his recent kind of track record of a little bit of a swoon, not necessarily an awful one, but um, that's something to keep in mind. Even though he would fit perfectly with the uh, Braves and at, at a weak position in catcher and being that he's a college bat. I know a lot of people would like that because college bats are normally closer to the major leagues than anything. We've seen that with Danica Swanson, uh, coming up very, very soon after uh, he was acquired. so keep an eye on JJ Schwartz and uh, there'll be certainly be more names. Uh, I know our uh, prospect guys will be diving into this quite deeply when next season rolls around and we can kind of get some more data on these guys who are worth watching, but Schwartz has been the name I've heard for so long, especially you know at the start of this rebuild, so that's a guy to definitely keep an eye on. That's going to do it for today's podcast. I apologize again for the background noise that was LaGuardia Airport. Uh, These things happen in travel, but uh, I want to thank everybody for listening again. If you'll please um, subscribe to the podcast on Twitter, I mean on on iTunes while I'm out of it, but uh, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Please do that and leave us a positive review, preferably five stars. That really helps us in terms of uh, getting the podcast noticed by other people. Uh, You can also always check out our work on TalkyChop.com, where I am a uh, writer slash editor slash you know everything else that I do podcast host uh, keep an eye out uh, we every, every, you know every every podcast is hosted there we have a special section dedicated to the Talking Child podcast so go ahead and visit the site uh, we do the best prospect work in the game if you ask me in terms of Braves coverage and uh, also our Major League coverage is also is always spot on we uh, you know self promotion and all of that but please check that out. Also tell your friends, subscribe via, you know, a number of other podcast alternatives if you don't like iTunes or just listen straight to uh, the podcast on SoundCloud. Uh, We will certainly be back next week for another episode, preferably I will be uh, escaped from New York by that point so I can do a a, a proper podcast with a guest. Uh, If the guest that I have lined up goes through, you'll definitely won't want to miss that. It's something I've been excited about for quite some time. And uh, again, thanks for listening and uh, stay tuned next week's podcast.